Welcome, everybody, once again to the Drip Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Krasnick. If I were a Batman villain, I would be the people pleaser. We are a mental fitness variety show. We have conversation, coaching, and comedy. We talk to life experts. We talk to comedians, entertainers of all kinds, artists of all kinds. We are a family podcast. A lot of podcasts, uh, they're meant to be listened to alone, by yourself, wherever. And this, we're happy to have you wherever you want to listen at any time or with any person. We are about bringing people together, bringing families together. And we not only talk about mental health, which is a huge topic, as you know, we show you how. And that's what mental fitness is. Mental fitness are the exercises, the things, the practice that you do for mental health. And there's no better place to find out all about that. Courses, skills, games, rewards, than at the Drip Drop app. You can go to dripdrop.gg to find out more. It is the mental fitness app for Gen Z. We always like to ask a question at the beginning of every show. And the question is, growing up, what skills do you wish you had as a kid? Well, on our show today, it's all about imagination, how to use your imagination in the moment, how to steer your imagination, call it imagineering. We're going to talk more about that with our guest, Jennifer Kalari, on today's show. But I thought I would just take a minute here and just practice uh, imagining. Now, the two things I ask when I practice imagining, the two, the two questions are, what do I want? And the second is, how does it feel? And even though I may have never done any of these things in my life, I can use my imagination to imagine how things look and feel and taste and smell and touch. I can just think about that and I can send messages to my brain to look for the good in life, look for the things that I want. So let's try it and take a little breath, close my eyes and I need a vacation. I want a vacation. Where would I go? Oh my gosh, there it is. I'm going to Hawaii. The water is crystal clear. You can see to the bottom of the ocean. Sights and sounds, there's a double rainbow. The air is heavy like a blanket. It just calms you down immediately. Palm trees all around, birds are singing. Sun is shining on the water, sparkling water. And there's a bridge. Oh, and on the bridge is my, my sixth grade gym teacher, Mr. Shedlock. He's, he's yelling at me. He's, stop yelling. All right, all right, erase, erase. Never mind. I'm going, I'm in Venice, Italy, on a beautiful canal, Venice Canal, in a gondola. The music flies through the air, the Italian music, the sights and sounds of Venice. The gondolier starts to sing. He's singing. And I look back, and it's my sixth grade gym teacher, Mr. Shedlock. He's singing in Italian and yelling at me, now in Italian. All right, all right, never mind, never mind. Let's start the show. Now on the show, we always like to look at what's right with the world. And there are many, many things that are right. There are amazing things that are happening every day that you don't read about so much. But if you go to squirrel-news.net, the Squirrel News app, you find hundreds and hundreds of stories about solutions, people using their imagination to solve social issues all over the world. And one of the stories for this week 
It's fantastic. It's called Pause for Life, P-A-W-S. There's a whole world of animal-assisted therapy and many articles about it, many stories about it. But one story really stood out to me, and that is a program that is in a California prison where they are teaching incarcerated uh, people to adopt shelter animals, shelter pets, shelter dogs, and train them for other people that need them. It's called Pause for Life. Check it out. My name is John Grobman. I'm the director of programs for Pause for Life Canine Rescue, and this is my dog, Mally. I initially got involved with the Pause for Life program while I was incarcerated. I was serving six life sentences consecutive to 40 years. The warden had recommended that we start a dog program and my life began to change. I was so heavily impacted by the unconditional love of an animal that it really um, started to change how I saw myself. Yes, good boy. Yeah. Pause for Life is an animal rescue whose focus is on getting dogs out of high intake shelters. We do that by rescuing dogs and then placing them in one of our three correctional institutions where incarcerated trainers train the dogs to make them more adoptable. We also train service dogs for military veterans diagnosed with PTSD, children with autism, our mission is twofold. It's one, uh, we're saving the lives of animals, but we are also heavily focused on rehabilitation and transformation within the California penal system. That is amazing. John Grobman uh, from Pause for Life. What a great story. What an inspiring story. You can find out more on our website on today's Drip Drop podcast, all about imagination using imagination as a life skill, an everyday life skill that anybody can use anytime. Our special guest is a therapist, the founder of ConnectedParenting.com, my co-host for the Mental Health Comedy Podcast, a dear friend, and one of our life experts at the Drip Drop app, Jennifer Kalari. Let's talk with Jennifer all about imagination. Okay, Jennifer, it feels like we just came from another podcast. Uh, and we, we did. We do four a day. Uh, we, we have the mental health comedy podcast with Jennifer yeah. and myself. And you can certainly listen to that anytime you want, wherever you get your podcast. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. And this just, you know, I'm so used to talking to you about different things. But one of my favorites is imagineering, imagination. When you hear the term imagineering, you think Disney theme park. Well, what if you had an emotional theme park? What if you had a family theme park? What would it look like? Tell me what the rides are. Because, you know, for me, when I was growing up as a kid, it was the giant shame coaster. I had a shame coaster. I was ashamed of certain things. I was embarrassed. The embarrass embarrassment city was where I lived. So anyway, you can do you can do whatever your, your version of that is. But you talk about imagination as a practice. I think what people hear about imagination as a tool, as a skill, they think it's like a luxury. They think like imagination is something that you do when your life yeah. is perfect and you're sitting on a porch at yeah. a beach. Or, or it's a waste of time. Don't be silly. Like stay right. in the real world. What are you doing? Um, and that inner world is really powerful and it has a huge impact on your outer world. It really does. Well, you talk about, uh, you know, arranging your brain, driving your brain in a different direction by thinking and orienting yourself towards what you want 
and not towards what you don't want. Exactly. exactly. And, and how the brain believes what you tell it. Mm-hmm. If you tell it the sky is blue, the sky is blue. If you yeah. tell it the sky is black and it's raining all the time, it believes it's black. Yeah. And we have operating systems, right? That have basically been installed in our brain. And what's interesting is that we're pretty much walking around with operating systems of like an eight-year-old, right? Because if you think <laughs> about memory, right? The, the capacity for long-term memory isn't actually even built in the brain. That hardware isn't even there till about seven or eight years old. That's why you can't remember very much prior to that. Anything that happened to you before that gets kind of embossed, like an emotional tattoo on your brain because it gets stored in the limbic system. It gets stored in the feeling part of your brain. So, yeah. Yeah. So another thing I want to bring in quickly, and then we'll get into some exercises, but mm-hmm. bring in is the RAS, the reticular activation system. Yes. Nobody knows what this is. Explain what it is and how it works. Think of it as like a neural net, right? The brain is being bombarded with billions and billions of bits of operation of of information every second. I mean, you're using a thousand muscles just sitting up, right? So there's so much going on in the brain. There's temperature regulation. You're commissioning and decommissioning cells. You're analyzing my language. You're running it through other things that have happened to you. We're very busy, our brains. And if we paid attention to all of that, we'd fall over. Like we would have a seizure. It's not possible. So what the brain does is it has a very narrow bandwidth of what you pay attention to so that you don't go crazy basically. And so things get tagged just like Google, right? So if you have a belief, oh, no one ever appreciates me. Or if you're a kid and like, no one cares about me. They always care about my sister. Or I never, I always get in trouble and my sister doesn't. All of those things get tagged. And so what happens is as you move through your day, those things are tagged as important and those get brought into your awareness. There might've been 50 times that day where your sister got in trouble and you didn't notice right? Or that at work or, you know, somebody else got, you know, you know, reamed out or something for something and you didn't, but that isn't tagged. That's not brought into your awareness. So it's, it, it just goes into the background of background noise and background data. So you can actually tag the things you want to start thinking about. I'm going to start noticing how many times I get praised, or I'm going to start noticing how many times people actually do thank me and then watch what happens. Watch what happens. So your filing cabinet gets filled up with, yep. you know, with 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 the, the stuff that you want as opposed to the stuff that you don't want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and usually we have a little bitty filing cabinet for the things that, you know, we want and a big one for look at this went wrong and this went wrong and this happened again and this happened again. And of course, that's what you're tagging. The other thing, too, is it's what the stories we tell. Right. So we go out for lunch. We tell our friends, we call our sibling and we say, you won't believe it. This happened and this happened and this happened, which is just reinforcing all of that, um, all that tagging. Now it's now, now it's what your brain is literally focused on all the time. And the other stuff is in the background, even though it's really important. So now we have imagination for everyday life. This is mm-hmm. imagination for everyday living. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is an example of something that we could do where we could actually do an imagination practice or an exercise or something that takes a minute or whatever it is that we could start orienting using our imagination to actually affect how we feel and what we think? So I'm going to give you a pre-exercise because this is actually really important. So for kids, imagineering is easy. They have full access to the, their imaginations. They, they flip between the imaginary world and reality all the time, very easily. And that's true prior to the age of about 12. 
Like, do you remember being a little kid, Ed, and you had like your, I don't know, you're playing with soldiers or guys, or you're imagining something it's it, they're there. It's so easy to see them. Right. And then when you start turning 12, 13, 14, you're trying to still imagine it, but it's just, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not there. So we lose that muscle. We use, we lose that. And for lots of different reasons, get out of your head, pay attention, stop daydreaming, you know, it's or, and, or we're put on screens, right. Instead of being in our own heads and using imaginary play, which is, I am a huge proponent of having your kids have screens off a good chunk of the time. So they're playing, they're actually using their imaginations. So for those of us who are older um, or for kids who don't imagine very much, and they're just on screens, you want to build that muscle. And you can find that as you practice this, you'll be able to control your mind a lot better. So in the beginning, when you try to imagine things will happen, thoughts will pop in your head and you're like, oh, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing again? Or the exact opposite happens that you're trying to imagine. But as you stick with it and as you practice it, you get better and better and better at it. So the first thing I like to do is have the pick a place. It could be a cottage when you were a kid. It could be your grandmother's house. It could be a childhood home that you lived in. Um, for kids, it could be summer camp if they go there. Um, and, and what you're going to do, and it has to be a place that you have happy memories. If you have trauma there, don't use that. It don't go to the trauma. Don't go no. to the trauma. No, if you're listening, families are listening in the living room. <laughs> don't go to the trauma. Don't go to the trauma. Hello. Yes. Okay. Pick a pleasant, happy place with general, you know, positive memories. And then actually look down and see your feet. One of the best things to do when you're and eyes closed, when you're going into your imagination, you look down and you see your feet and just kind of wiggle your feet. That helps you. Or sometimes you can see your hands that grounds you in the imagination and then pick your place. So maybe it's your childhood home. And there you are, you see your feet and you're walking up the uh, pathway to the door, or you're getting on the elevator or wherever you grew up and actually look down and see your hand as you turn the doorknob. And what's so interesting about this exercise, Ed, is as you wander through your childhood home and you're opening cupboard doors and you're remembering, you, things will pop into your mind like trinkets that were on the mantelpiece. When you open drawers, you'll, you'll just remember funny little idiosyncrasies about the house or pictures that were on the wall. And these memories will start to download. They'll start to flood. And as you wander through your house, room by room by room, in the beginning, it'll be hard to be like, oh, what, what am I doing? I'm thinking about something else. No, no, no. I'm supposed to be back in my bedroom looking through my drawers. And then you go back and you take yourself back into that place and you practice it every night. It's wonderful to do this before you go to bed. A, this can help you get to sleep because you're lulling yourself to sleep in a, in a happy place, in a beautiful place. Your mind is busy. So one of the things that happens when you're falling asleep is we like to search through our day and look for things that we remember that might not have gone well, right? So as you're wandering through your house, you're focused on searching for things, which is what you're often doing in, in the wrong direction when you're trying to fall asleep and you will fall asleep quite quickly. And it's a lovely way to fall asleep and every night. And honestly, in my experience, it takes about two to three weeks to really sharpen this skill. So how, how can I do the rest of the show with my eyes closed? You can, if you like. How, hello, <laughs> how, how, uh, how long would somebody have to do this for? Let's say I'm going through my day. I'm at work. Yeah. Well, how can I pull away and just do something like this? 
for a minute, two of minutes. You can absolutely yeah. just practice it. I mean, I love to do it when I'm falling asleep. Cause I think it's a great way to fall asleep, but you could do it anytime. I wouldn't do it while you're driving, but you know, when you're just sitting at work, when you're taking a break, go back and visit your childhood home or go back to the most recent vacation you had and see if you can remember the, if you were lucky enough to go on the vacation, the hotel room that you were in and see if you can remember the path to the restaurant and just take yourself out of where you are and you're building that muscle. So the way, then, it, the way it works in LA is that people imagine they, they want to have Beyonce's life. So they imagine going into Beyonce's childhood home, which I don't know what that was, but, but I mean, this is where, what people use their powers of imagination for here in the city that always sleeps, I call it. Um, but now, now, so, okay. So that's imagination. Well, and you're going to do that for about a month, like do that every day, for every about day, a, a few and- minutes few minutes every day. And then watch, you will have so much more control over your mind where you want to go, you go when you want to refocus, you're able to refocus. And so not as the only does this not this help you with imagination. It helps you with controlling your thoughts in general. So that's another benefit to this exercise. You start to learn how to control the direction of your own thoughts. Your thoughts are not going against you. They're actually going for you. Exactly. And, and, and so and now the thinker, you're the thinker of those thoughts. They're not happening to you. You are thinking them. And as you do this, you'll start to really gain confidence. Oh yeah. I can make, I can make my mind go in the direction that I want it to go. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the other thing that I found that's so interesting, we've talked about it is, um, how it affects other people. So now let's say you're, you, you know, you're a family, you're sitting around, you're watching this and you have difficult people in your life. No one in this room, because you're listening to it together, you're watching it together. Everybody's fine in this room. Um, but I wouldn't say it about people in this room, but, but you, you have people that are challenging to you. Maybe they're always complaining. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they, they, they always talk to you about what's not going right in their life. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. yelling, they're screaming, whatever. Can you tell the story about an experience that you had where you use this imagination and it changes the other person? Yes. Okay. I can give you a really good example. And I, this is a fairly recent one. I, I, I do a little bit of, um, of kind of executive coaching. So kind of high level business execs. And it's just something fun that I love to do in addition to the parenting stuff that I do. And I love it. And uh, this woman came to me and she had a boss who was really difficult, just awful and critical and called her out a lot. And it was just a really tense, awful experience. And she really just found herself constantly thinking about this person. And she's driving to work, imagining the you know argument she's going to have and what she's going to say back to her. She's in the shower, having a whole conversation. So what happens is we are using our imaginations anyway. <laughs> And we're living and reliving these terrible experiences. And so not only was she living it in person with this you know, woman at work, um, but when she's not at work, she's thinking about it. And one of the things that's so important to understand about our brain is the limbic system, the part of the brain that's you know, in charge of the security system. When you're reliving and imagining these things, it cannot tell the difference between you being in it, remembering it, or imagining it, it's all the same to the midbrain, the executive part of your brain, your frontal lobe knows that you're remembering or imagining it, but the midbrain doesn't, it's just as real as if it's happening to you. So she was constantly 24 seven, kind of really becoming consumed by this terrible boss. And so the first part of the homework for, for two weeks was whenever she caught herself thinking about this boss, she was allowed to think about it for a little bit, and then she had to stop. 
and start imagining that she walked into work and her boss was like, oh, good morning. And oh, thanks, by the way, for blah, blah, blah. And they're in a meeting and she's suddenly, you know, deferring to this, to my client. And she's just sort of imagined it in as much detail as she could, the way she wanted it to go. Now, the key to Imagineering is you want to hear sounds. You want to have color, like you want to make it as vivid as you can, as real as you can, in order to trick your midbrain into thinking this is not, this is, this is happening, or this is a memory. This is not something I'm imagining. This is real. And after two weeks, my challenge to her was, and I know it sounds so simple, but really try it. I mean, the, the proof is in trying it. She started to go to work and inexplicably, this person started to change their behavior. Let's so when just... I work with kids one-on-one, -on -one, for example, that are having, let's say, difficulty with friends, before we even get to social skills, before I even work on practical things that they can be doing in, in ways that they can be responding to their peers, I have them just for a couple of weeks, imagine going to school and people running up and going, hey, glad you're here and come sit with us. And, and it's a little bit hard sometimes because the kids are like, well, what if that doesn't happen? So I'm very careful about the, the, when I use this, but for kids that are ready, I just have them imagine it going differently. And then what happens is the midbrain that has limiting beliefs, oh, people aren't going to like me, oh, this never works, start to move out of the way because you've rehearsed it so much, you've practiced it so much, you've imagined it so much that your brain thinks, oh, this has already happened. This, this is the way that it is. And then your micro expressions, your negative thinking, the little sabotage -y things that you do start to melt away. And it's pretty powerful. It's amazing. And you can picture you know, you can, you, can, you can picture these things and feel them. That's the other thing is you mentioned the other day, you know, don't go to your phone when you wake up. Don't go to your phone when you wake up. When you wake up, go sit in a chair, go wherever, stay in your bed, whatever it is, and think of five things that you're grateful for yep. and just have the feeling. Or imagine that you're, close your eyes for one minute, and imagine that you're sitting across from the person that you most enjoy and most love, or imagine somebody that you haven't seen in a while that you miss and smile to them. Yep. And gaze in their eyes. Yep. And have them smile back. Smile to them. That's it. Then go, then go to your phone, start your day and start your day. And that's it. Yep. So it doesn't, it doesn't require a big act of Congress. This is like, you can do this anytime it's available to you at any moment. Imagineering, imagineer your own life. Yep. And here's the thing, even if it doesn't make any difference in your outside world, you still feel better. <laughs> you just feel better. Doing that's that's the no worst thing by. that can happen. That's the worst. The worst thing that will happen is you'll feel better. Yeah, that's the worst that will happen. The, the person will still be annoying at work, but at least the other hours of the day when you're not around them, you feel better. There's really no downside. There really isn't. Imagination is a skill for mental fitness. That's what it is. When you go to a gym, you work on physical fitness, you go to machines, you work on weights, you could do you do CrossFit. Yep. This is a this is a mental CrossFit. It's mental training. It really so is. That, so that you can and the way you get the way you get better at it is you do it. And listen, and you don't even have to do it for more than a minute. Exactly. And you would listen, you wouldn't go to the gym, do one sit-up and be mad that you don't have abs. Like this takes practice. You have to keep doing it. You have to mindfully make it part of how you are moving around in the world. And then you're building neural pathways. You're actually building hardware in your brain that supports this. So the more you do it, the easier it gets to do this. And for people who say, oh, I don't have time for this. You don't have time not to. You're worrying anyway. If you have time to worry and you have time to be negative and you have time to ruminate, you have time to do this. And I'm not saying 
don't actually feel what you're feeling. Before you do the imagination or the imagineering, let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. Honor those feelings and go there. Just don't stay there. Don't stay there ruminating and telling the story over and over and over again to everybody you meet that day or repeating it over and over and over again in your head, right? And if you do, you can catch yourself and say the word to, in your head, repeating. Mm-hmm. Oh, repeating. There I go again. Yep, there I go again. And not, don't be mean to yourself. Oh, idiot, you should do better than that. You know not to do that. Don't have a negative thing. Just, just a curious kind of, oh, interesting. There it is again. Mm-hmm. There's the program running. Again. There it is again. Okay, there I'm it is again. Catch myself and I'm going to gently move myself this way. And then for some people, you know, if, if jumping to think about what you really want is too hard, it's just, you can't even imagine it because things are so bad the way they are right now. Just try to think of something neutral. Then think of something neutral. Think about, I don't know how your tea tastes or a nice picture on the wall or a view that's out your window, even just stopping yourself from ruminating about the negative taking half a second and thinking about something neutral, cats, butterflies, something, anything. And then your brain pulls you back. Then you're in a tug of war, bring it back again. Just do something, take some action. I say that to myself all the time. I say, go neutral Mm -hmm. because when I get into a spiral, a thought spiral, I I say, go neutral. And I think, oh, I love my dog. I'm looking at my dog's face. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. If you're lying in bed, think about how soft the sheets are or how nice the temperature is in the room if you're lucky enough or how soft your pajamas are or nice your pillow is and focus on that. It sounds so silly, but this this really is learning to control the direction of your mind. For most of us and for people who have you know, anxiety, for example, or depression, it's it's your brain just taking off on you and and eating you alive, basically. You get stuck in these negative thoughts and Gently and quietly and diligently learning that you can control the direction of your thoughts is the greatest thing you can ever learn. Well, this is it. This is Imagineering. And I want to just invite everybody, you know, the thing about podcasting is often it's a niche approach and you can go off into your room. You can go off while you're doing the dishes. You can take a walk, but it's not really something to be shared with other people as much. I'm going the opposite way. I want to say to you, because we're a family podcast. Okay. So there's something for everybody. We're a variety show, a mental fitness variety show, challenge you to, and invite you to come into the living room, bring your devices. Don't be like, Oh, I I can't, I I have to, you know, look, continue looking at your phone, do whatever you want to do, but be in each other's company and watch or listen to the podcast. Try it for five minutes. If, if you're not absolutely satisfied, I will give you your money back. <laughs> I will come to your home. No, I, I, but anyway, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Well, here. I know what else I'm thinking. Like if you're driving, if, you, if you're in a car together, driving, like in the old days, listen to something, right? listen, listen to, to something together while you're driving. Absolutely. Audio video. Yeah. It's a, it's a great uniter of people. It really is. It's, it can bring you together. It doesn't have to be something where like, thank God I'm away from these people and I can listen to my podcast. It could be I'm in the company of these people for a short period of time. I'm going to hang out, let them do what they do. You do what you do, but be together. Be together. And you know, when you are together like that, oxytocin, which is a really powerful hormone neural slash neurotransmitter, which is the feel good chemical that actually blocks cortisol. It, it, it actually uh, mitigates stress and serotonin, which are, you know, the feel good here and now happiness chemicals. So you're actually, when you're joining together and you're sitting together and you're snuggling up and listening to something, 
You're getting that too. Not just the benefit of what you're learning in the podcast, but that togetherness is biochemically healthy and good for you. Jennifer Kalari, everybody, the one and only Jennifer Kalari. And I will say uh, you can find Jennifer not only at connectedparenting.com where you can find all of her work, you can find all skills and support and, and all different kinds of media, including podcasts that she does. You can also find skills for self-parenting. When you go to the Drip Drop app, Jennifer is one of our life experts. So you can see her teach about anxiety relief, how to deal with your anxiety. And you can, fighting procrastination. Which and, is, yeah. and fighting procrastination. So all these yeah. skills, you can find them on the Drip Drop app. So go to the Drip Drop app, subscribe to our podcasts. Thank you for joining us. We're going to have another uh, show next week. Jennifer, thank you so oh, much. You're welcome. Ed, it's always wonderful. Thank you're, you so you're much. Amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, I want to thank the great Jennifer Kalari. You can find Jennifer's work at connectedparenting.com. And you can find us at the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. And you can find Drip Drop at dripdrop.gg, where you find the mental fitness app for Gen Z. All kinds of games, rewards, skills, life upgrades. Level up your life for yourself, your kids, your family. Um, you can find it all there at dripdrop.gg. You can also find all about us uh, on social media, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, or Instagram. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And I want to thank the whole Drip Drop team for making this show possible. Uh, thanks to Sarah Jezik, Suzanne Reeves, Monty Lankford, Min Tran, and thanks to the great Jason Brown, my good friend Jason Brown, for letting us be here. Life is good. Live it up. See you next time.